0: The ebbs and the flows is born through the idea of listening and learning from voices in the mental health space targeting inaccessibility misconceptions stigma and shame and supporting education empathy compassion and celebration as such this episode as well as a vast majority on this podcast contains sensitive content around mental health that some listeners may find triggering if you or someone you know is struggling Please call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Wherever you are listening, The Ebbs and the Flows acknowledges the continuing cultural and spiritual connection First Nations people have to the land, waters and seas upon which we work, rest and play. And we pay respect to elders past and present. The who, what, where and why on this week's episode of The Ebbs and the Flows. Soft chats about hard stuff. Who? Claire Marshall, human rights lawyer, speaker, one half of the good sheilas and social activist. What? The ebbs and the flows in its purest form, an intimate deep dive into the person behind the mic. Why? She's an experienced leader in the legal field who is deeply passionate about intellectual curiosity and access to justice and equality for all. Where? Reflecting upon the poems we wrote in our jeans, the cliques we belonged to, and the paths we travelled as we stroll around a community garden, or pretty much anywhere. This is The Ebbs and the Flows with Claire Marshall on compassion, neurobiology, equality, justice, and the validity of our experiences. Welcome back to The Ebbs and the Flows, uh, soft chats about hard stuff. Uh, We are with Claire. Hello. Who is a human rights lawyer
1: Mm. and also
0: uh, is on the podcast with another guest of ours, Bron from Lewis. Good Shields, And today we're talking about a host of different things, but it's one of those episodes where we're just going to get into some, you know, pretty intimate uh, details (laughs) in a really safe space. But I suppose I'll ask the first question, how would you describe how you feel today without using all right, good, the normal stuff?
1: Oh, I feel over-caffeinated, which is not a bad thing, (laughs) although I'm finding it difficult to sit still and I needed to do the biggest way when I got here. I feel tired, which is kind of the adult human condition. Yes. But my body feels good because I'm having a break from drinking. So oh, I feel a little like I feel that kind of lovely clarity that you get from getting off the piss and I'm in that <sighs> process. I'm like, why do I ever do it? I'm going to stop drinking forever. But that's a lie. We know it's a (laughs) lie.
0: Absolutely. I've got two questions for that because the caffeination, I find I'm also the same, but I also know it's quite negative for me, Mm. but I love it and I need it. But I also, same with alcohol as well. You know, you just sort of get in those habits. How
1: is the coffee negative? Does it make you anxious?
0: Makes you pretty anxious. Oh, no.
1: Just makes me um, energetic and helps me poop. (laughs)
0: that's good that's the part I like about it I find I have like an hour where I'm like oh that's good yeah yeah. that's real good
1: yeah I I don't really get any of the downsides of caffeine I'm like keep it alcohol yeah oh my god all of the downsides I'm like let's Mm. make decisions (laughs) don't the next day I'm like oh I'm the worst person in the world
0: what was your um justification for quitting drinking
1: I realized that it was exacerbating parts of myself that I really don't like, mm. like increasing kind of my feelings of resentment and bitterness, which was really interesting. And I think
2: wow. amplifying
1: that, particularly when I looked at how it fit into my life and how those emotions and reactions to things flowed from when I had to be drunk. And I always checked my worst mental health days after I've been drinking, and then on those days I would want to drink even more. And it got to a Mm. point where I come home from work, and my job is really fucking hard, and I'd be like, the first thing I do was reach for a drink rather than Mm. I'm gonna process my emotions. And also, it made me a pretty, it Mm. makes me not a very good parent for so many reasons. But we still find the reasons to do it, you know, mm. it's like, oh, but I won't be fun or this thing won't be entertaining unless I've got some piss in my hand and, mm. you know, like I think I also grew up in a house like, you know, where alcohol was very, very normalised, which is like every every person our age, right, you know? Right. Mum and Dad always had a, a drink of, you know, with dinner and so we grew up thinking that's fine and normal because it was for them with their parents as well and then you reach the point where you're like, oh, no, <laughs> I'm an asshole.
0: Wow, yeah, I love <laughs> 'Cause I I find um I gave up alcohol for two months. No, oh,
1: I'm done.
0: Well, I'm back on it and I feel oh, no. like uh, I know. <laughs> but I also think the way you were um talking about it and articulating is a whole I find drinking if you look at it as like it's fun and you do it without yeah. thinking about the aftermath, yeah. then you're not actually taking the whole experience of what alcohol. Or does even to the
1: you. current math. It's a new word that is in my vernacular. The current. The current math. It is the aftermath, but now. Right. <laughs> it's That's not it. a word. Um, you know, like I'm just not as like I I think that I'm being like more jovial or more engaging. <laughs> but I'm actually just like my inhibitions are limited and I'm probably just a bit more of a dick. Mm. Like, But it's a drug and it tells you that, you know, that you are behaving in a way that's better and that you can relate to people more and that's, you know, that's not, it's to some people it really works and mm. that's lovely for me. I'm increasingly realising that actually it brings up the worst parts of the mess wow. that I'm trying to not become. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: these conversations also, I, always yeah. bring up stuff i, I love like that sort of thing right when you talk to people when you're relating you're like oh man that's so true in terms of my the person i am mm. when i'm drinking yeah i, I don't like myself no. when I'm, you know what i mean yeah yeah but um Isn't this, me, what this so.
1: podcast is about i don't like myself I don't like,
0: <laughs> a lot of things i like about myself yeah the caffeine you know, yeah, know, still so Yeah, good. well,
1: there's stimulants <laughs> and depressants, right? It's like taking our bodies on this ride of ups and downs, ebbs and flows, if you will. And I you. guess one day, <laughs> one day maybe, well, I don't know, I will be able to exist without them. Mm. But right now, I'm just cutting out the down bits. Just just that bit.
0: Cool. Great. Well, how would you describe the state of the world?
1: Oh, shit. God, Um, mate.
0: Right into it. Definitely. Sorry. Yeah, that's uh, that's what it is. But also, um, how would you say that you ascribe to being normal, in quotations, and how do you fight against that as, you know, obviously none of us are normal, but uh, almost being an agent of change in the
2: world? God. (laughs) gosh.
1: All right. It's funny because at the beginning I was like, don't tell me anything we're talking about. Don't <laughs> don't ruin it. I want to be in the moment. Now I'm like, "Oh, why do not you tell me? <laughs> Stay in the world. Oh, my God. Well, I think one of the most gorgeous travelling metaphors for where the world is at happened, five very wealthy people died at the bottom mm. of the ocean in a, you know, in a in a, a submarine that should never have gone down there because it was not fit for You know any kind of pressure Mm. that that the deep sea provides, and the collective attention, mine included, went to kind of fixating on where these people went and whether where it might have been. And you know we all revisited clips of the Titanic, and at the same time, you know millions and millions of dollars and resources go into trying to find these five men who have elected to be there, who have all died, Mm. doing something expensive but risky. Yeah, and at the same time, you know all these terrible things are happening everywhere, but our focus is drawn to the salacious and the interesting. And
2: yep.
1: I think, you know, it's, it's a scary, it's a really scary proposition. What do you think of the state of the world? Because I've got two little kids and I'm talking about mm. their future as well as the future of humanity. It's not great. they mm. <laughs> are not doing great. But you know, if I'm going to be optimistic, there is a lot of goodness out mm. there. And there's a lot of people doing really wonderful things i just I just don't know if it's enough
0: that fascination with the billionaires is just our yeah. collective well not mine personally but collective fascination with wealth
1: yeah mm. and the opportunities that come with it and I am now an expert in submarines, which has been like <laughs> a really great really great plus mm. but um not but um it's been really fascinating to see just how many people can have a deep opinion about something mm. you know given a, you know an intense media fixation yeah. um second question sure i should not even remember what it was how are
0: you uh, fighting against this idea of norm- normalcy
1: <laughs> oh god i don't know if i am i i don't i don't i don't see that i am doing that i, mm. I remember being a teenager like when i was 15 or 16 i played in bands trying so hard to be alternative and i stand <laughs> in front of the mirror with like this grungy op shop dress and jeans that I'd written poems all over and I was like, I look too normal. I've got to look more alternative and like ripping something and putting on more eyeliner and just trying to be somebody who stood out for being different and that was just crippling insecurity and just the mm-hmm. teenage need to fit into a group. Yeah, right. but I just wanted to be a cool kid with those, those kids um, but now I don't know, I, I don't really I, I don't really think about breaking out of anything because there is something to be said about, you know, fitting in as challenging as it can be when the norm is something damaging. Um, mm. there's something about being part of a collective or a community or a group that's actually really fundamental to us as humans. Absolutely. So mm. um I, I guess I, I don't really ever think about anymore thankfully wanting to strike out and be a particular standout I yeah. much more you know with with kind of good nourishing people focus on ways to unify or at least share rather than be cool. the one who's like but yeah
0: I yeah don't know. well the greatest conformist is the anti conformist that's no. what my dad always says i don't think it's true i think that's Wrong, but <laughs> I know, and, and, you know, working with teenagers, it is really fascinating to see the different cliques and, yeah. and how they um, get it's through the day. so beautiful. I it can't is. wait
1: till my girls start to oh. really hope one of them's a goth. That's my best. <laughs> I'm so sad, Mum, you don't understand. Oh, God, it's so beautiful.
0: And it feels like um, compared, I don't know what I was like as a 12-year-old, I probably was the same, where you're just figuring out how you fit.
2: Oh,
1: it's, um, it's terrifying. Being mm, twelve is so scary. Because you have no idea, but you also need everybody to know you have absolutely all the idea. Yeah. And it's very upsetting. <laughs> yeah. God, zero out of ten. Would mm. not do it again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's the common, um, common theme of these conversations is people mm. are like, I would never want to go back to being a teenager. No, Asia. fuck no. no. As much as we, we yearn for youth, it's like, well, not seventeen. Yeah, maybe no, maybe
1: twenty-three. No, <laughs> no, none of no, them. Aside no. here, <laughs> great, don't great. imagine having but people like, yeah, you're gonna have to do the pandemic and you're like, oh Fuck, no, are yeah. drop ships and puzzles and make some money, but God, <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: what would your best friend or partner or, or whatever say is your most alluring quality <laughs> and what, and what would, um, what what's the most alluring quality quality you find in a, in another person?
1: Oh my God. Alluring quality. Yeah. I don't think, Oh man.
0: I know it's hard to answer. These. It
1: is so hard to answer. Hmm. I, I don't know. And also what you hope and what you, you know what I should text, I should text someone. That would someone. be a really good All right. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to text two people, Maybe a, close, right. a close friend and a partner. I and mean, so what is my alluring quality? And then I will tell you what I hope it is. Yeah. And then we can cool. we can see if I'm right. Live texting on a podcast. That's a really okay.
0: interesting thing that you've come up with. All
1: right, I'm asking my partner and Great. I'm asking my friend Claire Hooper.
0: Oh, Claire so Hooper. Yeah. Yes. Okay.
1: And I hope, okay.
0: Great. Let's, what let's I, put that on.
1: What I hope. Yeah. What I hope they say is something like she has interesting facts or she is, um,
0: oh, Intelligent.
1: Shit. oh not even that. Like, like everyone's smart in their own way. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm worried that they're going to be like, she's got an opinion on everything. <laughs> um, that's not alluring. What do I find alluring about other people? Um, I think I think gentleness and laughter.
0: That's a really quick response that I've seen. Oh my pop god! Up.
1: Okay, here we go. This is gentleness
0: the th- and laughter. Let's see if that corresponds with the. You
1: know what I'm going to say? Winky face. <laughs> 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 this is <like, laughs>
0: my
1: um, Okay, that's unhelpful. He's actually <laughs> texting a full response now.
0: Oh. Um, <laughs> wow, is, uh, uh, intimate conversations become far more intimate. They really yeah. do.
1: Okay, it's coming. Well, hmm, something around curiosity dash dash intellectual spark. That's nice. That's really nice. That's really yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. A little nice little boost. Great.
0: Yeah. yeah. You thought Cute. gentleness, or you hope for gentleness.
1: No, this is what I, I, I oh, really thought. adore in others: uh, gen- oh, right. gentleness and and laughter oh, and, and curiosity. I Love think that. those things are really, are really. Mm. I, I get a lot of joy and a lot of mm. um, stimulation from those things. Nice, no, yeah.
0: beautiful. Um, that you've just expanded this idea of what I'm going to do with future guests. I think text the person.
1: Yeah, text you. <laughs> yeah, and, and then and then and see what you have to say. <laughs> They say, yeah. I hand the food to you and be like,
0: ooh. Oh, okay. The wings like, know that. That When your know partner's
1: it. like, boobs, like, what do you expect? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, it's, um,
1: it's it's fair. I think,
0: and I think Australians particularly, we, we're not very good at talking about our best. Nice. No,
1: yeah. Excruciating. Yeah, wow. Americans are so good at uh, it. Very good at it. For good, better North for worse. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <In a> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, now we're moving into the 90 second nugget. Oh, God. I'm not really going to time it. but Thank God. Um, it's
2: I have a no
0: con- concept of time. Excellent. Either. As <laughs> we, we, Claire and I, um, we spoke about she was running late for the interview and I said, well, my friends call it Will Balm time, but i am always hit them in a <laughs> So I think um, that's just something we have in common, which I'm sure friends don't find very alluring. No. In fact, quite frustrating. <laughs>
1: yeah. Look, it's not fair. And I'm not going to justify myself. I just have don't have a great. Yeah. I'm always late. Always. Yeah. Late. My kids are always late. We're, mm. we're the worst. Yeah, same. That's all yeah. right. And I hate
0: it when people are on time.
1: And it's so, <laughs> it's morally repugnant.
0: I know. Like, also, if you had to come on time, I'm like, well, what am I, I'm not even ready. Exactly.
1: Really. exactly. Yeah.
0: How dare you? <laughs> so, yeah, I'll ask you three questions. Okay, Ninety great. second max. Not really timing, though. <laughs> um, but it's just a concept I had for people, you know, to talk about things that, are quite intimate without forcing them to mm. go into, like, a thesis. An experience, a lesson, a message to savour. The 90-second nugget. Um, so an experience, a lesson, and a message to savour. A lesson you've learned in any educational institution as both a kid and an adult.
1: And, I mean, it could be positive, to- negative. I think I've learned and this is probably about the education system that we grew up Mm -hmm.
0: in. Yeah.
1: I think I learned that success was very formulaic Mm -hmm. and that to kind of, to fit in, in a context, whether that that was, you know, like a bureaucratic Mm -hmm. educational context, you just have to follow the formula. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And that is actually the opposite of learning. Learning is not repetition. It's about challenging Mm -hmm. things. So, I only really started thinking critically, learned to think critically like like in late university, which is such a shame because that framed the way I conceptualised the world, you know, and, and thought about myself in the world. I would absorb somebody's opinion or a viewpoint and take it as fact rather than yeah, interrogating it. Right. And I think that's probably the truth for a lot of people who grew up in the education system when we did. It was mm. about accepting things in their face. And I'm really relieved now that we're more inquisitorial with education. We teach people to challenge things, but that was something that I still like, you know, and and thank God, you know, of course I'm going to say thank God because it's my ideologies, but Thank God I was listening to a particular viewpoint at that point and not another yeah, one because you know, mm. I might have been like Ben Shapiro, you know, <laughs> like, like imagine it, you're like just an intense right winger because I was like, that's true, mm. that's true. Um, so, yeah, that's um, learning to, but I probably have taken it way too far now. Like anyone will say anything. I'm like, that's bro. <laughs> like it's the point where you stop and you just you know sometimes it's okay just to listen and accept the world as it is yeah but yeah we just went through that when we were little
0: fascinating and good and and like the education system is changing but i still find there are teachers and leaders who would prefer us to learn in a very formulaic way Mm. you know the the three r's and like the really old school stuff and i'm like that's it's, you're trying to control how kids are learning mm. and actually kids are super curious yeah. and learning about the whole world as it, as it is and it's a really complex place. And
2: it's really, it's really cute. Oh, it's so
0: cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should taught teenagers. No, nah,
1: yeah, they're, they're absolutely. I couldn't yeah. do that. Yeah. Mad respect, mate. <laughs> oh,
0: couldn't do it. What needs to be taught to kids slash adults when it comes to our minds?
1: I think... Just thinking about watching what my nine year old is navigating right now, mm. I a lot more empathy and a lot more curiosity. Mm. I mean, I think we're doing really well in teaching little kids to be, um, to, to have compassion and to know that some people are having a really shit time. Mm. But with that comes, I think, especially for, you know, the privileged, you know, inner city kids comes a lot of like othering. And I think that it also comes with a level of um I, I don't know just a lack of being able to see what somebody else is experiencing or, or you know take a walk in their shoes and realize that
2: you know one of the most
1: powerful things you know that often often comes to me when I reflect on my life or you know the the things that happen around me are, or the people I work with in my job is that they're but for the grace of God go I mm. that. There's nothing particular that most people have done to deserve what they have or where they are. We are just kind of as much, you know, we've got a lot of free will, we've got a lot of autonomy, but in that is so much circumstance and so much has been determined for us. And so I think teaching kids about that, not like in a really great way, not like, you know, your path is already determined. (laughs) You have a destiny you can't break out of. It's It's more like helping kids to know that, we, we are all very much the subject of our experiences and often people behave in a way and act in a way that has been very much shaped by where they've been, the mm. roads that they've followed. Right. And I think a lot of, oh, fuck, I need to reflect on that all the time. It's just in a very competitive, you know, capitalist adversarial world, it's easy to forget that often We are the subject of things rather than the driver. Yeah.
0: Cool. Great answer. Um, I suppose in in terms of experiences like upbringing, the way we're shaped, it's sort of determined by upbringing or education or even just circumstance of where we're born. All of those things,
1: Mm. our neurobiology, intergenerational trauma, Mm. like even just the wiring of your brain, you know, our reactions to the same, exactly the same circumstances, exactly the same experience can be so wildly different but one of the you know the most challenging things about the way that we're wired is that we assume that we're having the same experience of things
2: absolutely we
1: assume that Mm. we're feeling the same thing and reacting in the same way but nobody is where we are really just little bundles of reactivity and (laughs) that's not going to be the same for anybody, which is also the hardest fucking thing of having any form of relationship with anybody in the whole wide world. It's, just, it's you know, the core of all conflict. Why didn't you react in the same way that I did? Why don't you feel the same way that I feel? And if we learn very early that that's because our brains are fundamentally different, we become curious and we have more empathy and we can explore more rather than just being so rigid and having so many expectations of other people.
0: Mm. Yeah. I think it reminds me of a fact that I learned last year about some people don't have an internal monologue
1: i mm. oh, blew my mind <laughs> like, what, like, what do you, you mean? what do you see what do you think yeah. it's just what would I do if I didn't have someone like talking at me all day
0: absolutely so bizarre and it really it's really
1: is. high right? it's like 40 percent yes where are you
0: I know that's right yeah you just wondered <laughs> the decision making is it yeah who who do they consult but with? it
1: sounds gorgeous yeah. i'm so jealous like give me the pill
2: mm.
0: to
1: not have that lady in my head <laughs> like yelling all the time.
0: Yeah. Just so loud. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Fascinating. Um one event or period that has shaped the way you perceive the world. Oh,
1: good 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 question after that question. <laughs> one of the most humbling and important experiences I think is <laughs> I had I had my first daughter um, when I was shit. I was young now, mm-hmm. not young in kind of you know pathway of humanity, but yeah. young now. I think I was twenty seven, and um, she was a really easy baby and just lovely. And my some of my friends had less easy babies, and in my head I was like, it's just because I'm such a good mom and I've got <laughs> this. And you know, it was like very you know in my head looked down on their parenting. I was like, you know, I've got it all figured out. And then karma. That glorious thing. Um, my second born was fucking psycho. Yeah. <laughs> like, was born screaming and did not stop. I remember vividly I went to a friend's for their, got an annual party at Easter and little Frida was like, she was tiny, she was like five months old and just screamed the whole time. She just screamed around the clock nonstop. And my friend was like, just hold her with her face in the sun because if her face is in the sun, she'll have to close her eyes and then she'll have to go to sleep because she's a little baby. And I'm like, standing you know woozy from wine with my baby's face at the sun thinking surely this is gonna work and she just screamed with her eyes closed oh, <laughs> and, wow. and then later on with stevie my oldest i realized that not only did it have nothing to do with my parenting and mm-hmm. it was just the genetic lottery of a child i had one like a very unsettled baby who became she's fucking a legend now i <laughs> God, she's the best. And then my eldest daughter, it turned out that um, those very placid, um, easy behaviours were actually the earliest um, signs that she wasn't neurotypical. There was something developmentally different about her. And so the things I was like, I'm such a good mum, were actually signs that she wasn't developing in a, in wow. a typical way and I think that little kind of that six-year period of parenting reflecting on my smugness and my lack of kind of generosity mm. and my need to be right to yeah. be the one doing it right uh, and how much it kind of blocked off all the other things that could be happening I think I learned more about myself and how our brains defer to that Kind mm. of need to win, then kind of see the world for what it is. Mm. And that really, really changed my perspective right. on both others and myself. I yeah.
0: A oh, humbling period. So
1: fucking humbling. <laughs> and thank God, mm. yeah, I needed that humbling. Yeah. What a dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I don't know if it was ninety seconds, but it was.
1: Oh, sorry. No, you no, did no, no. Say I'm, that. I'm kidding. There's no time. Don't, yeah. We don't have.
0: We're not. We're not worrying about time it was at like all. It's like four hours. <laughs> I just monologued. That's right. No, it was great.
2: The art of the
0: list. Now I've got this new segment, whatever you call it, called The Art of the List. And it's only because Ooh, I love lists.
2: lists.
0: I find them it's interesting. It's a
1: great word to say, lists. Lists. Yes.
0: <laughs> lists. Yes. We'll edit did a little sting for this. Art of the List. Um, but <laughs> what, what I thought we would write about, what you'll write about, is um, five things you've learned about.
1: You want me to write it down and not say yeah. it? You're just uh, going to hear a pen, everybody. Just I'm not talking. But you can
0: talk us through it while you're writing <laughs> Do it I down. have to
1: write it? No,
0: you, I mean, you don't have to write it. You can just talk through it. I just thought... It really depends on how you actually process. So, yeah. five things you've learned about mental
1: health. Ooh, five things I've learned about mental health. The first is I'm not going to I'm so sorry. I'm breaking all the rules. No 90 seconds, no writing. I'll just, I, will, I will just write one.
0: Good, thank you. My pen doesn't even work. <laughs> you fucker. Great. All right, number
1: one. Number one, I've yes. got a number one. It, this one doesn't add up.
2: Great, <laughs> it's fine. You know what? That's so good. I'm just going to
1: write in my brain. <sighs>
2: so number one pens.
1: is that don't underestimate what you what you carry when you are born. Um, I think that everybody. I like how you just he just wrote something down I to like check if things. the pen was really.
0: Working. I know. <laughs> is it this working? One works. Ah, don't worry. We Let's, have a working
1: pen. Um, I think that um, you know the. More we learn about neurobiology and you know the the traits and the the trauma that we have born into our bodies mm. when we're born makes everybody's experience of the world very different mm. and means that we're not ever blank slates. Mm. Number two is that um, happiness isn't a realistic goal. Absolutely, it's a bit of a um, a capitalist um, selling point, yeah. and the idea of comfort and happiness are fairly new. And it should not be what we aim for, nor is it really a stick. Number three, Mm -hmm. on continuing on that point, if we always measure ourselves in that way, we're going to start to feel really fucking sad because if you're looking at every experience and thinking, oh, is something else better? Is somebody else having a better time? Mm -hmm. You're going to just start to breed those bits Mm -hmm. of
2: discontent
1: in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even comparison. It's like the cognitive but that need we have to kind of do better and be better and have more and do more. It's like that greed. It's the only yeah. thing I have for it. Cause I see it in myself and mm. that, that hunger for the next thing and the next thing it's not, it's not good for us for the drugs aren't enough. <laughs> I mean, if you have, I have, you know, I've always struggled with my mental health yeah. and, They are a a balm, not a William balm, but a balm, the panacea, Um, and you need to do all the work behind that. And the hardest work is looking at how the patterns of your brain and your behaviours actually lead to how you feel, how you feel. And five, and these are very personal reflections, it doesn't go away and there's not a lot you can do to stop those tipping points except to be compassionate and generous to yourself mm. when they come. Because I think anyone who lives with challenges with their mental health, you're looking for that magic button, you know, that pill you mm. can take. But accepting it into yourself and being gentle and seeing it as part of the kind of the human journey helps helps
0: to eat yeah. it. Yeah. You said you were good on the fly. That's yeah, you've got me. That's um It's a lot of profound stuff in that. Thank you so um, much. And that final point, I mean, you know, I've struggled with that for a long, long time of like not accepting. Mm. You know, when you're like, I can break out of this, I can fight. And I think it's very, very much like a, unfortunately, it's a trait in, you know, Australian men particularly Mm. where you're like, no, I'm not accepting this. Mm -hmm. This is not. And really it's just a part of you. And obviously mental health is just something that we all experience Mm. on, on in different ways, but. You know, when, when you're just like, I want to be, I want to feel like my mind is somewhat normal. And then yeah. you're like, well, no one has, an, like our minds are so complex and we deal with all these experiences. We have to adapt in different ways. And mm. then obviously at the heart of it, the person that you are and the values that you uphold, you know, make you you. It's not your mental health that makes, no. the, you know, the drugs as well. And I know I've chatted with other people about this. I know like that's the thing I think the misconception is that there are, they're a um a way to solve mm. something, and it's just not you know like yeah. antidepressants. I think the most one of the most challenging periods of my life was getting on them in the first place. Oh,
2: really?
1: I
0: don't know if you've. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've been really lucky. Like the one I take works for me. My partner also struggles with his mental health in different ways, and he's tried like four or five of them, and they all just made him feel shit and haven't Mm. worked. It's it's very much a a lottery.
2: Absolutely, it doesn't
1: work for everybody. For me, it definitely takes like the horrible Mm. edges off, like the worst worst bits. I'm very grateful for that. But when it comes to kind of those behavioural patterns and those reactions to things, you know, that just takes work. Absolutely. And, and rewiring your brain. Mm-hmm. There was really interesting research um, uh, recently, which was quite confronting, um, about the effectiveness of SSRIs for kind of, you know, um, I guess ordinary depression and anxiety. Yeah. And it was pretty conclusive that they they, they are helpful but they mm. don't cure anything yeah. and and fundamentally most and it was really confronting because i it challenged my idea of myself most depression anxiety a lot of kind of i'm not talking about very very severe issues of mental health that's not what the research was looking yeah.
2: at yes yeah but you know you're kind of
1: everyday depressives
2: you know yeah
1: exactly um we are um, most, of, most of the very difficult bits of it are just learned neural pathways. Again, the wow. ways that our, our brains have learned over time because of trauma, because of just ordinary experiences have learned to react to things. Mm-hmm. And that's why things like cognitive behavioral therapy are critical because they stop that spiral. Of sinking into kind of that horrible hit yes. that we all know so well.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Um, yeah, um, but yeah, I fucking wish you could just take a pill. Gotta be nice. <laughs> it would
0: be nice, yeah. It would be nice um, without any sort of uh, um, mm. hangover as well. Yeah. Sometimes it does um, quell the <laughs> anxiety.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: yeah, well, that was excellent. I suppose we're moving into a work in progress. At the end of the day, we're all just a work in progress. This is The Ebbs and the Flows.
2: Mm. Which is
0: just picturing, if you can, the Claire from when you were four years old. Oh, God. The Claire from 10 years ago. And the Claire that perhaps, I don't know, who knows what the Claire in 10 years is going to be. <laughs> with Claire right now. Hi. And <laughs> Hello you know, strangely like a Black Mirror episode, but yeah. it's not, it's a, it's a nice supportive space. <laughs> How would you say the Claire you are now has grown most as a person from, you know, Claire 10 years ago?
1: 10 years ago. So I would have been pregnant with my first. I would have been, I think, a lot more hopeful, which is mm. sad to reflect on. <laughs> but also a lot more and a lot more sure of myself, but for the wrong reasons Mm -hmm. and a lot more naive. And I mean, it's funny you think about pre and post kids and pre and post COVID, right? Those are my (laughs) two big milestones. Um, And there's a lot of her, which I like, if I hung out with her, I'd be like, she is the worst.
2: Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I also, I I also, it's amazing how young 26 feels Mm. when you look back on 26 I thought I was a grown-up
2: yeah I was
1: not I was so (laughs) little I was you know and and there's a lot to be said about young adulthood you're still Mm. figuring out who you are you're tiny and so I feel grateful for her but I also feel like I could not relate to her at all because she was just a a fundamentally different person yeah
0: Mm. what was one thing Younger Claire did not quite understand that she does now
1: I think there's two things and they're contradictory. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first one is nuance I mean in terms of Absolutely. like people are not black and white circumstances are not black and white mm-hmm. there's so much you know as we were talking about before, two people's experience of one thing can be deeply mm-hmm. deeply different, and that's where you find the compassion and and I think back then I didn't have nearly as much compassion and reflection and Ability to contextualize other people's behavior mm. and understand them in a way that was empathetic. Mm. But with the, by that same token, it's you know that you are entitled to is the wrong word, actually, I'm gonna take that back. You it's okay for you to expect not oh, no, I'm even gonna go back. And laugh. <laughs> Listen, see, this is this is doing things on the fly. You get to define how you interact with the world. And so you can have all the compassion for somebody, you can have all the empathy for somebody, but you can also recognize that they might not be good for you.
2: Mm.
1: And that goes for people, that goes for, you know, circumstances, that goes for jobs. And that doesn't have to be an angry thing, doesn't have to be, again, a black and white thing that is bad. It's just an acceptance that not everything is going to sit well for you. Mm. And it's really important and part of your responsibility to yourself to identify mm. those things and to say, that's not for me right now. Mm. So, yeah, those are the two
0: things. Cool. Yeah. Love a contradiction as well. <laughs> Nothing better. Um, has the person 10 years ago or from when you were four lost something important?
1: Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I think I think I've lost some and it's not, I think I've lost trust in, In my experience of life and others, I think, Mm. I think I definitely have, I expect bad things to happen Mm. and I I have lost my ability to think that things are going to be okay and so I often get stuck in, in patterns of, you know, just thinking in a particular way, and you know, that I'm alone, that I can't, you know, invite anyone in that I can't trust anyone,
2: yeah,
1: that they're going to somehow hurt me or let me down, which is both very, uh, it's a very limiting way to see the world, and it's also really narcissistic because you think that everyone is just centering you in all their thoughts, and of course, they're not, not nor should they be. But I, I just have a, a natural kind of distrust. Of of things which I try really hard to push off, mostly for the sake of my kids, but mm. it's just it's just waiting in there. You know, yeah. everything is going to go wrong, mm. and if it does go wrong, it's because of you. Like it's because of who you are, and that's something I yeah. Probably again, we're talking about patterns and cycles of thinking that make our mental health bad. That is definitely one of those drivers, the drivers yeah. of mine that 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 thing mm. where i'm like i am spotting it it's happening <laughs> this behavior is proof and this is proof of this general narrative that yeah, you that cannot you trust cannot. people they will not love you mm. um and then the spiral deepens and i'm, I'm stuck in the vortex yeah. that is something that i've really really developed particularly over the past couple of years i'm trying really hard to gently unpack because the more I step back and look at, look at it, the more kind of narcissistic it is, you know? Like it's like not, not only am I making myself the victim of a narrative, mm. I'm, I'm just thinking that everybody should be thinking a particular way about me and that's just not yeah. realistic nor is it generous nor is it practical.
0: Yeah. Narcissism is one. I've become really challenged by that. Yeah. Um, the idea that um, and it's a really complex disorder but obviously, narcissism and being narcissistic are kind of different things, I suppose, or disorder is a different thing. But yeah, I got I got called one recently, just an anonymous review about this documentary I made. Oh yeah, um,
1: god! And it was they like called you a narcissist. Yeah, it's like this narcissist, Whoa. this private
0: school privileged white boy. <laughs> You know, thinks he's oh. thinks he's the um the beacon of suffering when everyone else suffers a lot, you know, and, oh. and, you know it was just interesting and I was like, Oh
2: god. I'm gonna me. take
0: that more seriously, the whole idea of narcissism then, after that. And that's <laughs> probably being narcissistic now that I've experienced that. I'm like, But
2: Am that's I also like?
0: really
1: I don't know, that's also a reflection on kind of mm-hmm. the you know, how competitive suffering is and you yeah. know, it's something really fundamental I try to teach my little girls, like there is always gonna be somebody Who is worse off than you, there's always Mm. gonna be somebody who's got a little bit better than you. That doesn't invalidate anybody's experiences Mm. of anything, it just gives you context to understand. Absolutely. This is a very shared experience. (laughs) And when you get stuck in and my brain does this too, you get stuck in those kind of little, well, I had it worse and no that person (laughs) is so lucky, they I walked to school four miles of scorpions in my boots. Like that's very kind of it's again, it's black and white thinking Mm. and it and it just completely obliterates the experience of others and we love doing that we love being like nah you're not nah, you're you're cancelled not i don't want to get into a conversation about <laughs> no, 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 and i also no. think that heaps of people deserve to be cancelled yeah. but that aside like it, it shouldn't be a, comp- a suffering
0: competition absolutely we all suffer yeah that's right yeah life is suffering um <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a mantra of Buddhism, right? Uh,
1: yeah, I uh, think. I think. Yeah, I think you're right.
2: Mm,
0: yeah. Yeah. When I heard Ross Lyon, the coach of Saint Kilda, say that, I was like, oh, "Come on, <laughs> <laughs> that's not you. Are not uh, anyway." That's then again, like his experience is valid as well. Maybe he's yeah, gone maybe, through a lot of soul yeah, searching and
1: yeah, and suffering.
0: Yeah. How has this probably a lighter one? How has Claire's taste in art changed over the course of her life's journey?
1: Ah, uh, oh my God. I used to listen to so much emo music when I was a teenager. <laughs> right. You know, that whole, like, my, my email address was sad underscore like underscore winter underscore oh. leaves at hotmail.com.
0: <laughs> oh, that's, uh, I suppose it relates to the girl who wrote poems and her jeans. Yeah. Mm.
1: yeah, I used to, and again, like, it, it's just a reflection on probably the bits of me that I should not have fostered so much, but, like, yeah. that kind of introspection and that, like, oh, the world is dark, suffering. Um romanticism that that teenagers love yes, yeah. um and I think nowadays where I still have good ballad I kind of reach more towards you know joyful things to yeah, listen cool. to I appreciate art a lot more than I ever did mm-hmm. I think going you know being a public school kid and not really exposed to that so much I kind of always thought it was kind of a yeah, pursuit beyond my but yeah. now like um I'm really enjoying um, art in a way that I never have before, which is really, really lovely and beautiful, mm. um, particularly, like, looking at the stages of, of art and, like, just things like, oh, this is where humans understood to kind of use perspective. All and right. Like, that's fascinating. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's really, really interesting. Mm. And cinema, I'm a fucking trash bag. Like, I love trashy shit. But, again, <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, Give me an me. example. What's an example? Oh, I'm the worst. Like... Like how to lose a guy in ten oh, days, yeah, yeah. like twenty-seven dresses. Uh-huh. I can tell you every rom-com that has ever been made, and yeah. I've watched it, and i will tell you. I'll, I'll What's
0: your favorite rom-com? I know oh. it's very nice, like choosing. What your is your child, favorite but... child?
1: Exactly, <laughs> yeah, it's the little one. Um, <laughs> um, no, uh, Lauren, this is a joke. I Love it. Yeah. Thank
0: you Good. so much.
1: Um,
0: Good. <laughs> <laughs> You'll listen one day. Devil Wears
1: Prada. That nice. is a banger of a film. Yeah, Still is. stands up. Worst boyfriend in the history of cinema. Mm-hmm. And just oh everything about it,
2: love that. Yeah, Meryl Streep.
1: Oh, she's, she's so good. good. She's, good night, she's yeah. magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> that, that is. It. Yeah, but I watched um After Sun last night, which With, is um, Paul. Paul. Um, that guy.
0: The guy. Mescal.
1: Mescal. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Oh
0: God, gorgeous.
1: Gushing. Oh, I cried for <sighs> like an hour after. I was just sitting on my couch, just weeping, texting people. Hey, Have you seen this
2: movie? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so
1: upset. Um. Yeah. That was. It was nothing happened and it was mm-hmm. the most beautiful gutting piece of cinema oh my god mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it like yes the on mental health and <sighs> and longing and and parenting and oh fuck you just just excited. absolutely just not be able to
2: see you quite so much
0: funny i saw it with a like a film group and oh, they were critiquing it after and I, I was know. a bit disappointed that I went with them because I, my experience of it was so like oh god, yeah, like I just so felt beautiful. so much for him and his beautiful daughter. And decisions he made were not great, but um, as as a whole thing, I was like, "Fuck that!" It's just like capturing this idea of being so lost in the world, yeah, and trying to put on this brave face for
1: your kid. And then, oh my god, <sighs> the end! I'm not going to spoil yeah. it, but oh my god, it's definitely just, see it. Just yeah, it's, it's just it. beautiful. It's
0: Absolutely beautiful.
2: Mm yeah
0: i like, I say anything you're
1: like good that was good you <laughs> no, send yeah. me texts all day like, heck no, you did really well I'd be like yeah i did i'm
0: actually the <laughs> funny thing is i'm the opposite to myself um
2: yeah you know we all really
0: are. exactly yeah. so critical but when i speak to people like teaching and that, i'm really like affirming so it's such like an, it's such a counter um point of like mm. what i should be like to myself mm. but also you know there's to an extent it's good to be critical of yeah. ourselves but also to the point where you're like, can you not accept that you've done something well?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, your friend's like, Matt, sorry.
0: Nah.
1: Matt, you suck. That's right. That bit was <laughs> shit out. And you were
0: fiddling and you were doing all this, and your voice sounds annoying. Uh, I suppose you will go two more questions, and then work into a note to self, which I feel like.
1: Oh, that was so yeah. painful to write. <laughs> <At> That's <laughs> fine. It was good. It was a really, really good challenge. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It is, and as I've said to everyone has gone, this is so difficult, there's so much I could write to it, mm. you know, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, what questions was that four-year-old mm. asking that you still don't really have an answer for?
2: I, I
1: don't know whether it's just a quirk of how my brain works. I don't have very many childhood memories. Right. So I, I think it's, I don't know, maybe it's a part of my own neurodiversity, but mm. I have, like, you know a bunch of very strong ones but I couldn't tell you yeah, right. who I was or what I liked beyond a few little snippets of like I like I remember I love the babysitters club like I don't <laughs> know and that's sad but I think it's maybe just mm-hmm. a bit of a little cognitive blip like yeah. I just I have very strong memories but I don't have enough to know who I was beyond what I felt
2: mm-hmm. and
1: Which I guess the answer to that is everything. Yeah, (laughs) have we figured out anything at all? Has anybody listened to this podcast figured out anything? Because I sure have. (laughs) (laughs) And every day I'm learning how I'm wrong, and which is a glorious thing. I'd hate to be right. Mm. And every day I'm figuring out the bits of myself that I want to improve, and the bits of Mm -hmm. you know, bits of myself that are perhaps you know, harmful to myself and others in ways that I haven't reflected and parenting puts such an intense lens on that. So, and you know what, I, I would hope that, I hope I have more memories, you know, in 32 years, but I also hope that I'm still, I still don't have it all figured out because that's when I know I've stopped absolutely
0: developing. Spot on. And, yeah, I was just sort of thinking in that point that um, I would hate to listen to this podcast if you want answers because I'm not like I figured that a lot of people that people I really relate to don't have answers that are mm. so like probably why I'm no good at maths and science yeah. like I just the humanities are, it's it's like you've got to experience to learn
2: mm. um,
0: and that can sometimes be really frustrating for people who are like no I need <laughs> that answer I need it now because you know otherwise I'll waste time like ah. But I'm like, no, that's that's not how my brain no. works. It's the experience of it, so it's it's interesting. And four year olds, like, what four year old knows what they're even doing anyway? No,
1: they're so silly. <laughs> mm, but they they're the best.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I taught preps recently and oh, cute. they just run around like blobs. It's great. But, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they just know what they enjoy. And they, they do. do
1: and they're, they're just, nothing makes sense. My four-year-old came up to me recently and said, Mummy, what are I'm? What are I'm? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know.
0: I don't know. Yeah.
1: Not, not a talented linguist. That's <laughs> <for> sure.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Um, and I suppose last question, what changes do you hope for the world at large for that? The person
1: in 10 years. That's the obvious. I mean, I hope we're doing a fuck all a lot better for, mm. you know, the environment. Yes. I hope, hope that we've addressed some of the persistent issues around consumption and capitalism that plague us. And, <sighs> and you know, I hope that there's less kind of political extremity and less conflict and, you know, yeah. less inequality and all these things that I value very much. I'm scared that nothing will have changed. and yeah. If anything, it's gotten worse because I think – one of the biggest risks that we're facing right now is not just complacency but it kind of a, a, a bleak acceptance that it's all fucked. <laughs> and there's been some really interesting media recently about the rise of smoking again in young kids and, like, how the celebrities are picking up ciggies again and now yeah, being right. photographed with them. And, um, and also the nihilism that accompanies that because why the fuck would you care if you're smoking when the world's going to (laughs) end and there's also like a return to excess in fashion like labels and and kind of um opulence and very Mm. um uh, showy consumerism whereas kind of it was the trend for a while to be quiet about consumption and do little things that looked like you were doing big things but I think now everyone's just kind of coming around to the fact that perhaps things are too far gone and mm. someone's like, fuck it. <laughs> so I hope, yeah, that, that always gives me pause and it's really, really scary, you know, yeah. like having little ones in particular, mm. like what will the world be like for them? I hope that we've had some sort of awakening, but I'm scared that there won't be one.
0: Yeah. And I think about the Met Gala, I know the Met Gala, the purpose is to, to, a social message or whatever mm. but I just remember seeing like Jared Leto in that like full oh,
1: I th- hate him <laughs> also like he's like a full like he has like mm. these awful parties on islands with preteens, like like they pay to cope they're like about this silly band and mm. and they get you know they will have to wear white. It's like a cult. He was, he was. I think he was, he was dressed up as Carl Lagerfeld's cat. Yes, okay. <laughs> that,
0: that makes sense because it was that, that was the theme. Yeah, right? it was Carl yeah. Like a, it was also like a, a deeply star. problematic yes, right.
1: person. Mm-hmm. Like we can get into that versus the artist, but yeah, like yes. the gallery is a perfect example, and I, this is something. I've talked about on our other podcast and was actually like a really intense argument with my partner who loves fashion. He loves the Met Gala and the excess and, the, you know, the, the fashion of it, which I can appreciate. And I was like, these are all the proliferate reasons that it's really evil and wrong to have something like this right now. He's like, can't we all just be a little bit frivolous sometimes? Can yeah. I just enjoy this? Yeah. And I felt really bad. I was like, you should be able to just enjoy uh, this. No. Why, am I, why am I in my fucking shoebox? But the point the point of it is I guess if we don't stamp our feet and demand change, Mm. the world will just keep tagging on into the abyss.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I I see it with like the private public divide Mm -hmm. in schooling, but also in pretty much every part of our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, this exclusiveness. Mm. And if you don't belong to that club, it's very hard to obviously get into that. Yeah, to get into that that world.
1: And I think it's also very easy for us, you know, our silly little human brains to justify things. We've earned absolutely.
2: this. We
1: deserve this. Yes. And like just talking about what we were before about kind of the our own lack of real autonomy and decision-making and I think working in the justice system and most recently in my job before this in prisons has made me realise how very much that is <laughs> it's just not true. We get handed things and what we do with them is mostly up to us, but yeah. it is very, very rare that you're going to find somebody who has deserved the lot that they've been
0: given. Mm. Yeah,
1: for better I'm, or for worse.
0: I'm not going to say great or absolutely <laughs> no or but it's, yeah. Um, I suppose now it's a perfect segue to uh, your your note that you've written to oh, a yeah. self, yourself <laughs> at a point in your life when you need to hear it most.
1: When, when did I need this? And I kept kind of going to little moments in my life where where I I guess I wanted a mentor or a big sister or, you know, somebody to just step in and hold me and be like, it's going to be okay. And then I'm like, what did I really need? Kind of some acceptance that it's not always going to be. Unwieldy (laughs) ghost of mental health that so many of us are haunted by is not always going to be something you can just walk away from. Mm -hmm. So this is just, I suppose, (laughs) to, to myself thinking that, perhaps there's going to be an end to it and accepting that this is just a part of it. These yeah. are really fucking hard too,
2: right? Absolutely. I feel like I'm yeah. on
1: stage with a guitar in front of people. <laughs> I, I do focus all the time. I feel so vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is awful. <laughs>
1: um, this is what this is called. I'm the worst. It's not really.
0: Language alone protects us from the scariness of things with no names. Language alone is meditation. Toni Morrison. This is... A note to self.
1: You get sad. When you get sad, the toilet paper runs out and you wipe your wee up with an empty roll. When you get sad, you order burgers and pound your body with cheap wine and lie face up on the trampoline, looking at the muddy Melbourne sky, wondering how much superannuation you would leave behind. When you get sad, you give in and curl up like a slater bug that's been prodded by a toddler. When you get sad, the sheets go unwashed and you are not there at all. You're trapped in your skin and you want to be gone. When you get sad, someone you love will tell you, the lights in your eyes go out. You, he said, go dark. You get sad. You're going to want to die and you're going to feel bad about that, especially in this economy. But your brain will resolve that you are eminently replaceable and they'll all be much better off without you, especially when you've had them, your tiny, silly, grubby, glorious kids. Someone who doesn't get so sad could do so much better at loving them, she will say, so they don't get sad too. It's not going to be given any time soon, getting sad. You'll be thin and fat, loved and heartbroken, about to get married, locked down and divorcing, working in cafes and in jobs that look impressive on LinkedIn, in thriving parties tagged on Instagram and in empty rooms with a box of chisels. You get sad and she will be your closest friend, your most reliable companion. You're going to have to love her, the sadness. You're going to have to be tender and understand that she has a yawning appetite and can swallow the Mariana Trench with her longing. You're going to have to be curious and wade through, not turn away, even when it looks like she just wants the quiet call of not being here anymore. You're going to have to love her, and that's the hardest thing in the world because you've spent your life learning how to loathe her, and you get so sad, and you'll get sad again, and she will still
2: be you.
0: What a beautiful piece. Um, painful as well, though. Um, yeah, oh God, yeah I'm, I'm such a sensitive soul. That, um, yeah, that was yeah, painful as well. I really, yeah, I'm not going to, I don't really need to comment any further. I think we we'll leave it for the audience to listen. Uh, that was such a, I know you were self conscious about that. Very. But um, yeah.
1: Was, I'm sw- my hands are switched.
0: Yeah, well, that. that's right. So, and that's the thing, right, with being so vulnerable. Or feeling like you're so vulnerable and you're like, oh, what's, you know, I'm putting a a slice of myself on the the table here, literally, yeah. Great. Take a deep breath. It's Weird Fish's time. Radiohead I love Radiohead. It's excellent. a good,
1: good reference. Great good, song. good,
0: good. The film. I think we've already kind of answered. We did
1: this. the film just then. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we can just go with it. The Skip. film that spoke to your soul. <laughs> um, oh
1: well, it's out, yeah. After Sun is. So I cannot recommend it
0: enough. Excellent. Yeah. The book on your side table.
1: Oh, I'm reading a book on the history of fabric. It is going back to kind of the Neolithic ages, looking at how we have evolved to create fabric. It's it's fascinating. It's so interesting. Yeah. Speaking of
0: fashion, I suppose. Or no, it more? it's not about
1: fashion. It's more about kind of the social, um, the uses of fabric, how we, how it's woven into kind of wow. the way we interact with one another, how it props up economies. I'm only up to like the 16th century now where I'm lace. And it's just, oh fascinating. I can't recommend it enough.
0: Yeah, is lace like a really luxurious I don't yeah. know what's about fabric. Well, that was the line. thing
1: it was like the first kind of real frivolity, because mm. it has no functional kind of purpose. It doesn't keep you warm, it doesn't even cover you up. It is it was all about kind of decorating oneself and also showing, just like most fabrics have in kind of the history of, of our species, showing your standing, because the mm. more lace you had and the more kind of um you know detailed and fine it was the more money you had to spend
2: wow.
0: and
1: it's oh so good can't yeah. recommend it enough
0: well i suppose the 16th century was really the starting point of the industrial revolution and
1: i think the industrial was, like, was more the 18th century yeah. so this is when things were still very much they were done in factories but by individuals and yeah. by the you know the the poorer class mm. the working class but
0: right.
1: yeah it's so
0: good cool great Love um, a history book yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's, <laughs> I remember reading one about the home. Oh, I love that, yeah. Bill, Bryson. Bill Bryson. So good, yes. so good. And, and just like, like. Similar
1: kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It shouldn't be interesting, but it's fascinating. It is so interesting, yeah. like what,
1: why do folks have four prongs and why there's yeah. salt and pepper on the dinner table. Just <laughs> yeah. Don't think about it, and yeah. then you do. Like the first toothbrush that my, my daughter's, my daughter's really into these things, um, she came into me very excitedly the other day with one of the books that I, I gave her for a birthday and she's like, Mom, didn't you have the toothbrush was invented? I was <laughs> like, I actually don't know. And she proceeded to tell me the worst story I've ever heard. It was by a prisoner in France in mm. the 17th century who fashioned it out of a chicken bone and his leg hairs
2: wow <laughs> oh that's
1: disgusting. It's just so disgusting yeah. i was like wow. mm. she's like it's not amazing i'm like it is amazing, amazing and I it. <laughs> oh,
0: uh, yeah um a local recommendation
1: oh like anything um oh uh oh hard question um i love um for a coffee uh true north is gorgeous the people who own it are really really beautiful and gentle and it's got a really lovely community vibe and they do like horror movie nights and they do oh, um, um, yeah it's just the best um for a bookshop Brunswick bound for um uh places to eat by penny um in northcote is gorgeous and really great wine bar sicilian food so good
0: cool yeah excellent uh an album that's is the soundtrack to your life.
1: Oh, Ah, <laughs> oh, choose one. That's so hard. <laughs> I know. I used to have two, I think about the really seminal ones. When I was like 18, I had a cast-up player in my car and the two sides were um, Kid A by Radiohead yeah. and the other side was um, You Are Free by Cat Power. And those are okay. still in really, really high rotation cool. um, for me even now. And... Um, I, uh, it's so hard now mm. i listen to a lot of hip-hop now yeah um no i, I can't i can't i choose a favorite star too, in the too difficult <laughs>
0: kid a i remember listening to all of radiohead's discography oh. when i was probably a little bit depressed um, <laughs> yes they're good just, for that They they're are really very good for that, good for that. very yeah. good for that um what does love feel or look feel like or look like to you
1: oh that's really nice I mean, romantic love, platonic love, what kind?
0: Whatever love you you choose. (laughs) Whatever love I choose. I
1: I think it is generous and it is silly and it is affectionate and it is Mm. compassionate and it is challenging. And it should be all those things, Mm. yeah. But it should be safe overall. Everything should be safe. Mm. Yeah.
0: What do you most fear?
1: Oh, God. Um... (laughs) increasingly the deep ocean <laughs> yeah
2: right, oh,
0: right. God, right. absolutely the deep the last of years,
1: like, fuck it's so scary mm. it's so deep the average depth of the ocean is 3.8 kilometers what the fuck it's
0: totally it's unimaginable too, it's too isn't deep it? it's upsetting but
1: the um ah
0: it's a tan yeah the botanical gardens downward
1: down <laughs> all the way around but down <laughs> so deep uh, i don't want to i don't want to have that heavy answer I just I want to avoid the heavy answers because of my line of work. I can tell you one million things that terrify me every day, yeah. and mostly it's what people are capable of doing to one mm. another. But I'm going to stick with the deep, deep ocean—fascinating, terrifying, never got <laughs> me there.
0: Something glorified or put on a pedestal that you think is bullshit.
1: Silence again. <laughs> why right. is this? Why are these That's questions so do. hard? <laughs> yeah, what you most fear is silence. <laughs> yeah, I think the deep oceans are pretty quiet place. <laughs> um, uh, I think. Nah, I don't, I don't know.
2: you can have to skip No, that's fine. <laughs>
1: My that's brain fine. is just like, oh, everything, that's not a cool answer. And then I'm like going in this cyclist of like, don't be judgmental. You're trying to be less judgmental, trying to be <laughs> less bitter. Like that's just going to throw you into a bit because I'm like mm. luxury cars and, you know, that's not helpful.
0: Yeah. Um, no answer is an answer, no answer if you know is what I an mean. Yeah. Nothing and everything. Absolutely. And finally, <laughs> this one people just adapted, but for people, you would like to have a long lunch with Uh, one person you love one person influential who's passed and two people you have never met, but feel connected to feel free to adapt.
1: Okay. One person I, um, blind boy, the podcaster, he is like my hero. I think he's so glorious. What was the podcast? It's called the blind boy podcast. It's my favorite podcast. And he's just so glorious and so clever. And I would just, I, I just want to have a conversation with him. I think he's so brilliant. Cool. Um, he's like my most intense parasocial relationship, the only yeah. celebrity where I would be like, if he died, I'd be devastated. Yeah, right, yeah, right. love him. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's passed, I would love to have a yarn with someone like Maya Angelou, just brilliant mm. and thoughtful and transformative. Absolutely. Like all of her writings. Or, oh,
0: yeah. Still um, I've got her poem on, the, on my fridge, Still yeah. arrives.
1: Um, And yeah. also a, a, Just a very practically, a very dear friend of mine who died about a month ago, Mm. and yeah, I would give anything to sit down and have a chat with her. Yeah, Um, uh, and two people, golly, two people—that is a tricky question. Everyone's like Obama. That's two of you. Who (laughs) am I going to invite? Um, I'd love to chat with somebody who lives in that really. Intense place in the Arctic where it's like minus forty degrees. Yeah, right. About their way of life and like kind of their culture. We'll bring them to the table. So interesting and someone fun who could be fun at my table. I was going to say Helen Garner, but she's she's very very clever, but not very fun. I'm just looking at your yeah. bookshelf. Uh, yeah, that's straight yeah. up cheating. Um, <laughs> that's right, Elagana. Yeah. um, Who else is up there? Um, not the guy who wrote gender. Fun one. Who would I invite? That's fun, fun, fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: he's good. blocking in the bookshelf.
1: The bookshelf. <laughs> this is one of the ones where, like, the few things where I'm like, I wish you told me. Just the funnest person who is fun. Oh, fun. Caitlin Riley. I'd Caitlin. She's a she's a like she has a she has an insta. She's like a she does like silly little bits and she's so funny. Oh, Caitlin Riley oh does God. like the the yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Like, blonde. Oh, woman. she's yeah. so. I want her. She's
1: so yeah, she's fucking great, funny. Actually, yeah. Those are my people. Cool. They're, they they did not match
0: at all. Yeah, I know it would be an interesting <laughs> dynamic, but. Who knows? You put me
2: Didn't in get... the spot. Yeah. <laughs> As I don't do well, too.
0: Well, Claire, it's been um, a pleasure and thank you for being so open and, and vulnerable and uh, but also just, yeah, really curious, intellectual curiosity. A very good trait of yours. Thanks, mate. <laughs> this has been the ebbs and the flows. Soft chat's about hard stuff. <laughs> If you or someone you know is struggling or if this episode has triggered anything for you, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Mental health is hard. Let's be soft together.